Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. some camics huh oh yeah welcome back to bat force radio the batman dc podcast with no limits um tonight we're gonna go over the stack that's where i went wrong and we just immediately yeah. started talking about books yeah yeah uh, we, we just uh freaked out okay so um with us tonight is robin d cross from uh, canada gamic big old moose knuckle canada <laughs> <laughs> and joining us from Sh- chirac is uh, the Trunkler himself. Deep dish. There it is. Yeah, I guess we can... Pl- I just totally forgot to do intros, because like, right after I mentioned the stack, we just started talking about comics and went right into well, it. Remember yeah. to introduce yourself, oh. too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see? There you go. I did it again. I, did, I fucking did it all over again, twice. Uh, I am Batforce Tom from Southern California. Um, it's, been a, it's been a killer heat wave over here. It's like a, It was like 78 today. My goodness. So, yeah, uh, I uh, I really feel for you. <laughs> <laughs> this week we are going over the books, the new DC Comics books coming out for January the sixteenth. No, that's that's all so, wrong. What day is it? It's uh for January seventeenth. We are going over the books for January the seventeenth, and um, we've had uh, about almost like a straight month of crazy books. Uh, stories and events happening that um, if you want to go back and check some of the uh, last couple of weeks worth of the stack, um, we go over those books. And tonight is no different. We've got, um, first and foremost, Batman issue 39. Um, We have Superman, Super Sons, Nightwing, uh, a couple other books. But uh, the big one of the week for sure is Batman 39, specifically with uh, the last couple of issues being the Super Friends arc which had a little bit of uh, a break with the last issue that Tom King wrote, which was extremely dark and disturbing, especially <laughs> compared to uh, what was going on uh, in yeah. the Super Friends arc, which was really lighthearted and fun. Yeah, it was very happy-go-lucky, uh, leave-it-to-beaver uh, Batman comics. Yeah, and then <laughs> out of nowhere, boom, little kid carving into his face. <laughs> so uh, it just kind of hits you out of nowhere. And this week, uh, this time... Um, Kind of getting back to implications of the relationship between Bruce and Selina. Uh, for those of you maybe just joining us and aren't aware, spoilers, but Batman had proposed, or Bruce rather, had proposed to Selina weeks and weeks ago. Uh, months ago, probably at this point. And um, there's always something kind of uh, getting in the way. And uh, I think this time around, if you were to ask a Selina Kyle Catwoman Batcat fan, they'll tell you that that Wonder Woman is now getting in the way. Um or if you want to look at it from the uh, Wonder Bat perspective, uh, 
she's uh, putting her foot down. But uh, let's just get started on this issue. Um, art yeah. by uh, written by Tom King, with uh, art with uh, Joel Jones, who's returned um, for this issue. And Jordy Belair. Jordy Belair. This issue looked awesome. Uh, yeah, the the cover by Janin was badass. Yeah, the the whole the whole issue altogether. Um, the look of it, the colors, the feel, the story, everything was, was pretty, pretty cool. Specifically, um, we kind of meet a new character, I think. I don't, I've never heard of him. Have you guys? Yeah, uh, I wasn't familiar with him, but, uh, it's the, the book sort of cites, uh, some history for him. So I actually tried to look him up and see if there was something that I had missed and I couldn't find anything on this guy. So, uh. Yeah, they, just, I think yeah, I think fabricated history for the issue. Yeah, um, the issue begins with uh, Commissioner Gordon on the phone uh, talking to Barbara Gordon, and uh, it sounds like he was uh, supposed to be at a football game, a Gotham Knights game, but of course duty calls as Commissioner Gordon uh, finds <laughs> himself often having to do, and um, he's interrupted on the phone by a commotion caused by the bat signal being lit. Uh, which pisses him off, and uh, he starts running out, um, cursing and basically saying, like, I was the, I, I specifically said I'm the only one allowed to turn that thing on. And uh, when he gets up to the rooftop, who do we see? Gal Gadot. Gal it. Wonder Woman herself, standing in the rain, illuminated by uh, the moonlight and uh, the light kind of shining off of the bat signal, and she looks awesome. Yeah, this yeah. this page could have been the cover. Easily. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even the reflection on the rooftop, how it's kind of yeah. distorted due to the rain. I mean, it's typical Gotham. I mean, it's it's always raining. <laughs> always fucking raining. Uh, yep. A quick question, mentioning the the cover, um, is the Janin cover that we well for those of you unaware, we're we're looking at digital copies of this, but. Um, is this Janin cover? This is the, yeah, that's the one, one, one cover. So is there a variant that has her wearing the back cape? Oh, uh, I don't remember what it looks like it, but, uh, it is, it's another Olivier Coppel, uh, variant. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was seeing that, uh, there was some chatter on the old Twitter verse. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Oh. On Twitter, like the, the issue isn't even out yet. And there is a <laughs> massive disturbance in the force. In all of these at cat fans. Meltdowns. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's cause again, if you haven't been reading along with Batman, uh, do yourself a favor and go back several issues and catch up because all these bad cat fans are loving it because Tom King is basically writing, you know, a romance novel of yeah, Batman and, and Catwoman. Um, specifically with, uh, the, the annual too, um, that was kind of like a love story, like a tragic love story of Batman and Catwoman um, and, uh, sorry, all these bad cat. Uh, sorry, I was going to, uh, sorry to interrupt you, Tom, but, um, I just looked on, um, my comic shop's website and, um, they show all the variant, all the covers and yes, uh, the cover by o Oliver Coppell, Olivier Coppell. Olivier Coppell. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. looking at it right now too. Yeah, it shows Oliver Copiel. Yeah, Oliver Copiel. Instead of uh, <laughs> instead of Wonder Woman's usual red cape or whatever you want to call it, um, she is wearing uh, she's wearing the Batman's cape. Yeah, 
So so that variant cover, I think, has been circulating around, and it's been pissing so many Bad Cat fans <laughs> off because they're like, what does that mean? Does that mean that it's – is it referring to uh, – is it referring to Batman cheating? Is it an infidelity? What is it? And they're just going nuts, dude. And it didn't help that that Nash Cat riled them all up herself because she tweeted uh, at Nash Cat, at that Nash Cat on Twitter, um, tweeted, so Batman 39 is a Wonder, Bat, Wonder Brat issue. I think I'll skip it. And a bunch of people <laughs> <Okay>. respond. <laughs> a bunch of people responded to her and they were like, what? What are you talking about? How do you know that? And then she's like, I know people who read the, the issue early. And I forgot what she said, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, but are you sure? What happens? What did they say? And that's when I was trying to like calm everything down. And mm-hmm. I was like, it's it's a, an advanced copy that we read for uh, a podcast. Like, don't worry. Read the issue. And people are just still freaking out and just like, oh, my God, does he cheat on her? I can't believe <laughs> this. And they're just going nuts. And, like, Tom King has failed us. How would he? How could he betray Batcat this way? Tom King was on our side, this and that. And I'm like, like guys, yeah. like, get just read the issue. I mean, you'll understand. I think this issue does a great job of – and the way I put it was Tom King is – he has hit his stride so well. You know, he's probably had this idea for a while. He knows maybe where he's wanted to go with this relationship. <laughs> and like any relationship, things get tested, you know. Trust gets tested and um, consistency. And this issue, I think, is like many other relationships, a test to see, you know, what would question trust and confidence in, in a new or uh, fragile relationship, which this very much this- is. I mean, yeah, this is just Tom. This is just Tom King getting tested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, so many people yeah, are yeah. jumping to so many conclusions is based off of artwork and and hearsay. But I mean, we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. This read, is a spoilery read, episode. Read, so we'll read the issue. It. Go pick it up. The, the regular cover is great. The variant cover by David Copperfield is great. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyways, yeah, it's people are just losing it over this 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 issue, which is great. I love it, by the way. Like, yeah. I love when people get fired up and passionate about something, and especially comics and in a single issue. And uh, Tom King knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's trying to say, what he's trying to make people feel. And what it's doing is it's, it's arousing passion within people, which is great. So um, getting back to the issue, <clears throat> again, amazing artwork. Wonder Woman's on the roof. She looks fantastic. Um, and Gordon's a little confused because normally it's not really Wonder Woman coming to the roof to light the signal and uh, call on Batman. But as he's kind of figuring that out, um, he's kind of fu- <laughs> it's funny because he's like fumbling over his words because I think he's a little distracted by how beautiful Wonder Woman looks. Um, <laughs> and as he's doing that, he says, oh, uh, he'll he'll be here shortly, you know, maybe in just a couple of minutes. And then Wonder Woman's like, he's behind you. So Bats shows up right as uh, they're kind of having that little back and forth. But um, again, and it's funny because when I saw the cover and I saw that one rumor was in the issue, at first I was like, all right, how's this going to play out? What's Tom King doing? And the moment that Diana and Batman start talking on the roof, immediately you can tell that he's pushing for some tension, some sexual tension. Yeah. Um, without even really saying it, without even really doing it, just the way Diana is interacting with Batman. Batman's being like super stoic and trying to be like firm and not show any emotion, but um, the way she she's just so like sensual in this issue, right? Oh yeah. Uh, <clears throat> um, I wasn't asked because they um they when 
the first time we see Batman, um, he's obviously he's standing behind Gordon. But the next page, it looks like he's not wearing the rebirth suit. And I don't recall, because the, the, the bad signal doesn't have the yellow outline. I'm trying to remember previous issues. He's not, yeah, you're right. It's not, it does not look like the rebirth suit. And I don't know if that's deliberate or um, that's just the way if it's it. just, Joelle Jones, when she was drawing the um, the desert scene stuff, he was in that, uh, he was in the nightmarish Batman looking, looking out, outfit. So I can't remember if there was a rebirth logo on the chest then, but this one's a little different as well. Um, what Batcat fans are going to jump to is, see, it's not canon. It's not supposed to be happening in the rebirth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, relax. Rebirth's over. So maybe that's not why. That's not why he's wearing a rebirth suit. Is because rebirth technically is no longer ongoing. I mean, the events of rebirth are still ongoing, but they're not calling it rebirth. This is now DC Universe. So maybe they changed the um, the style of the suit. Who knows? Yeah. But um, that's that's why I thought she was kind of so she's really playful in this when she says. Uh, he says, you could have used a communicator. And she says, yes, but I wanted to use a signal. I thought it would be fun. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah. And and then the mood just so. changes when she reveals why she's there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's when this character of the gentle man is introduced, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody want to go through that? Okay. So, yeah, basically, uh, Wonder Woman alludes to having been contacted by uh, this guy called the gentle man. And says that he's ready and asks Batman if he is. And then we get uh, the explanation. We get our first look at this guy. So he's, he doesn't look unlike Ares. You know, he has the, the big armored suit on with horns on it. And we see him fighting a horde of demons. So yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's ex- explained that he's fighting the hordes of Gehenna and their numbers are endless. So he basically spends eternity uh, well, at least thousands of years. He's, I think it says he's already been fighting for a thousand years and he's prepared to fight for a thousand more. So basically this, this endless army of demons that are spawned by the sins of man, Sin of man. Yep. Uh, just continue, continuously come in waves and he's just been fighting. Oh, we're so sinful. And, uh, <laughs> uh, specifically the trunk is, but, uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so, uh, we get you just a quick bit of information that uh, Batman and Wonder Woman had encountered this battle at some point in the past, uh, just by mistake. And uh, they uh, fought beside him for a short time, uh, or at least what, what was in reality a short time. But we find out uh, that time passes differently uh, in, in this area where he is. But, Basically, they had uh, they had met him and found out what he's doing and saw how hopeless his battle is and how noble what he's doing is, and they promised him that uh, one day they would come back and they would give him a break and, and take his place. Uh, so uh, at mm-hmm. this point, he finally took them up on it, and you know, somehow, I don't know if he you know, snapped uh, Diana and said, uh, you know, I- I'm ready for you guys to come take over for a bit. <laughs> Yeah. Another another thing they mention is um the dimension or wherever the hell he's at, it cannot he can't leave. Yeah. You can only access it from wherever you are going into it. So, um the portal has to be opened by someone on the outside and then that's how you can kind of step in and out. Yeah. Um so he's kind of trapped. Yeah. Definitely. Somehow he's able to send word out 
Uh, they didn't really explain that, but somehow he, he gets in hold of Diana. So the way I kind of saw it was imagine if, you know, this person just moves into a house, like a three-story house, and they're like, oh, man, you know, I'm not going to stay here long, but if I need to move, like, can I count on you to help me? And you being a good friend, you're like, oh, God, it's a three-story house. Yeah, yeah, I'll help you whenever you're ready to move. And then, like, a couple of years later, like, he finally calls you up, hey, man, I'm ready to move. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, All right, here we go. Let, me, let me go put on my armored bat suit. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, um, so it, it's very key that um, as the, you, uh, you as the reader know that, once you go in this realm, you just can't leave. It's yeah. in the, the in the outside of the realm can enter, and that's the only way that people in this sin realm, I guess you can call it that, can exit is through a portal created from the outside. So once you're in there, you're you're basically fucked. You're stuck there until yeah, someone yeah. comes it's, together. Uh, it's stay there and fight or die mm-hmm. until you're taken out. Now, uh, it's interesting. I. I tried to find what storyline this may have been from in the past because they say that when uh, Bruce and Diana were there the first time, uh, they fought beside him until Zatanna pulled them out. So wow. I, I was hoping to find you know, some some issue I had missed from the past where uh, where we saw that happen, but uh, I, I didn't find anything. Mm. Yeah. Um, so then ba- Bats basically is un- under the assumption that, all right, well, i got to prep. So uh, it shows him then in the Batcave getting ready, and he's explaining to Catwoman now, uh, his fiance, where he's going and why he has to go, and uh, essentially explaining kind of what we just explained to to you. He's explaining to Catwoman, and uh, she turns over and she looks at him, and he's like decked out in like full, like medieval bat armor, and he's got like a helmet and just all just like he's he's wearing he's wearing and he um, has the Arkham Knight Batmobile. Um, yep, it's right. Yeah, he's got the. Arkham Knight Batmobile, so it kind of fits again, like with the Knight theme, and he's got a a big sword at his hilt, and he looks badass. Yeah. And then it cuts back to Catwoman, and she just starts laughing at him and tells him he looks ridiculous. Um, just way well, yeah, just saying that he looks ridiculous. Destroy his. Well, and it's kind of funny because um, you know you first see Selena, she's like fighting um, like a dummy, kind of like a like a fight uh, mannequin. Like well, that, but all, if you look at the smile, it's like the Joker smile with green hair. Um, but what's funny was that, you know, she's trying to say, well, what about, isn't Superman better for this? And, of course, Batman is kind of saying, well, his, it's in that realm, his powers are useless. You need to have more prowess, which Wonder Woman and I have over him. And she kind of says, well, I'm going to tell Clark you yeah. said that. And then when she turns over or when she turns to see Bruce, in this armor, the first thing out of Bruce's mouth is, please don't. <laughs> and then she yeah. starts laughing. Says, you look ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. he knew what was coming. He knew what her reaction yeah. was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it, it, it basically cuts to him then uh, with Diana getting prepped to uh, go and take on, t- go into the realm. And she says just as much. She says he looks funny. The bad ears look really silly. Um and then she says that it, it kind of gives a little background of her is she's mentioning like you're wearing all this armor and you're ready for battle. It really doesn't suit a man because she's from Thymascara and, and uh, you know, all the women are warriors there. So yeah. she's basically she, kind she of said all men who try to fight look ridiculous to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, then the portal opens up. Sorry. The portal opens up and they they um, they jump in and they just start going to battle. And uh, obviously they they switch places with a gentleman 
who Bruce has basically stuck Selena with uh, the job of being his guide um, through Gotham and, and walking him around and looking after him and, I guess, allowing him to kind of enjoy his break. And um, as they get to know each other a little bit more, um, Diana, it cuts back to uh, Bruce and Diana kind of like in the middle of their battle and they're taking a break, it seems like. There's a break in the hordes that are coming after them and they're kind of just like, uh, well, Diana at least, is like bathing in like a, uh, a waterfall. And um, this is when she's getting even even more like playful. Um, talking about uh, Selena, and she says, you miss her. Um, you must, I think. However, however long it's been, how can you not? You love her. You will marry her. And you are here without her. With me. And like the image that you see of her when she says, with me is obviously right after she's kind of like wetting her hair under a waterfall and then she's sitting on like a rock, like all wet and like Water just, just <laughs> the way she's, yeah, the way she's sitting yeah. is very provocative in a sense, or at least not, not necessarily provocative, not overtly, but it's very oh. much suggestive yeah. of, yeah, she, <laughs> it looks almost like she's seducing yeah. him. She's like seducing well, him. She's covered in blood and like, like with Tom, you were saying, they're taking a break. She's finds a little, you know, like a little uh, pond or whatnot. She's splashing water all over her while she's saying, you know, you'll marry her, but here you're not with her. And then, like you said, the last panel is she's kind of sitting there. I mean, she's not overly sexualized, but like you said, it's very subliminal, you know, provocative kind of. I mean, when she says with her hair's yeah, wet, the water's dripping, dripping down all and on her skin. And let's face it, I mean, Wonder Woman's gorgeous. I mean, forget yeah. about it. The... Uh, yeah, and and the, uh, the ne- when I'm reading this, and go no good. Uh, I was just gonna say on the next page, there's uh, <laughs> even a panel of Wonderbone. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, it's, oh, that's right. I didn't even know. Well, that. and while Wonder Woman's splashing water on her, and she says all that, she goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, Batman. Do you need help?" Because while she's splashing water on herself, the next page, as Robin pointed out, there's a demon. There's a you know, a creature, a demon sitting there and. He's got Batman wrapped up in his tentacles, and you can see that Batman's struggling. Yeah. <laughs> and then... So she's being playful yeah. with him. I, another thing, too, is uh, while I was reading and looking at that panel where uh, she's, uh, you know, sitting there wet, and she's like, oh, you're you're so far, you know, you love her, you want to be with her, you want to marry her, but you're so far away, and you're here with me. And as I'm, like, reading that, I'm like, oh, my God, Jesus, Diana. But in my head, I was also thinking about like all these bad cat fans, like whore, whore, whore. Just imagining how much they're just freaking out and seething. They're sitting there with the bell, like in Game of Thrones. Shame, shame. Yeah. And it was it's the it's it's those two like playful little little um, pages that. Number one, it's gonna piss so many like bad cat fans off. But I know it's like I tweeted out a picture or I tweeted out a gif, um, and I put on Twitter. <laughs> I said, uh, "Bad cat, bad cat fandom awaiting the uh, onslaught of Wonderbat tweets after Batman Thirty Nine drops." And it's a gif of Jon Snow like pulling, unsheathing his sword and standing against like Renly Bra- or yeah. uh, not Renly Baratheon, but. Um, the, the, the- He's basically sta- standing up to an entire uh, army by himself, and it's just him, and like the army's like charging in front of him from like the last season of Game of Thrones. But I can only imagine how bloody it's going to get on Twitter, oh. man, with like 
these Wonder Bat fans like, oh, finally, it's going to be canon. Oh. <laughs> Tom oh, King, um, watch your back. You never know. We don't want to have stuff like that, uh, like the guy from Misery. Yeah, like James Bond <laughs> yeah. in Misery. Now more than ever, that picture in my mind like totally holds up considering what's going on right, right now. Right But, um... <laughs> Yeah, and uh, uh, so back to the issue. Um, as Batman and Wonder Woman are fighting, um, it shows the gentle. It gives us more backstory, I guess, of the gentleman. They don't ever say his name. No, do he they? doesn't get a name. Yeah, so they just kind of give him a title. And um, as Selena's being his chaperone, she re- she learns from asking him questions and all that um, that he actually is from, I think, Gotham, right? Uh, is that what they? Uh, they don't say it's directly Gotham, but because you're from here, like this is you're from this time, and he says that he's there to visit his yeah. wife. Yeah. So um, it's crazy because then uh, it also kind of explains in that time in, in 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 the next couple pages that this guy has been battling these uh, hordes of demons for like thousands of years. However, he doesn't age. Because time moves much slower, like you guys were saying, in this realm and back home on this earth or whatever, um, it's actually been like minutes or I, hours or it's been one. I, I think he mentions or. Yeah, you know, I was going to say um, they, they do hint that um, I think one hour is 10 years. Yeah, one hour. In the, uh, 10 years in the, the sin realm. Yeah. But, um, so, so I was going to say really quick when they're in that little bat burger joint. um. I think this little conversation that uh, the, the gentleman and Selena, because um, he asks him uh, or he asks her. Yeah, this, this is yeah, important. Uh, yeah. Hmm. He is a good man, and Selena says, "I hope so." He says, "You uh, you are his wife." She says, "To be." He says, "Why would you marry a man? You can only hope that he is good." And Selena's speechless. She doesn't say anything. She she changes yeah. the subject. She says, you, you don't have much time. Like, let's not waste it on, on, let's not waste it on me or let's not waste it on this. Isn't there other things you want to do? Which I think you're right. I think that is an important part of this issue because that's the first time that it kind of casts doubt through Selena's eyes about the relationship. Yeah. I think that, or at least the I think marriage, that's, rather. I think Tom, I'm, I'm just guessing here, but I'm thinking that Tom King planted that for what could be the next few issues down the line between. Uh, Selena and Bruce. Yeah, it's it's something that it's gonna. You're right. I think it's nothing small. It's it was deliberate, and it'll come into play later. Because why would he have this character point out this very interesting point without it coming to play significantly later on? And that's Tom King's been doing this for the past couple issues, where he's been putting little pieces here and there that actually end up being kind of bigger points later on down the road. So um, simultaneously as they're having that conversation, um, Bruce and Diane are fighting and then uh, there's another break um, and they're kind of by a campfire and they're talking. And again, this is kind of like a, a really awesome moment in the sense that like I really kind of put myself in this situation and I think the only way you can understand, like, all these people are going crazy. You would never do that, Bruce. And he's like, listen, listen. You have to read the issue to understand the situation they're in. Bruce and Diana, to them, they've been fighting for 10 years without any word from the gentleman that he's coming back. Yeah. 
And Diana says, "Yeah, this, this is why I don't, uh, like, I, I don't feel any of the, you know, the strong feelings that we were talking about that are uh, flying around on Twitter already." <laughs> Because when, when you see it yeah. in the context, you know, to their yeah. minds and to their consciousness, they've been alone in this world, just the two of them, for a decade. And and and, and that's uh-huh. key is that these are Bruce and Diana. They're the only humans in this realm, the only two people mm-hmm. in this realm. And as Tom pointed out, for ten years, they they don't see. You know, it's not like you know you go outside to get your newspaper and you see the neighbor. Or, you know, uh, you drive two miles on the road and you see, you know, you go to the gas station, you see other humans. They're the only two people in the existence of this realm, of this world. So, and, uh, come on, how badass is this? Bruce Wayne is shaving with a fucking axe. I mean, because <laughs> this shows Diana at the top of this cliff. She says, another army comes. And then... Bruce in there shaving with an axe. He says the horde is everlasting. And then Bruce, uh, Diana says, "Yes, but are we?" Kind of like you know, but they're they're they won't be around forever. Yeah. They're running out of time, and and that's why I think uh, the campfire page. It's basically the last page of the issue when they're talking, and Diana says it's been ten years, and Bruce says, "Yeah." And she says, we have to concede, you know, we've tried to open the gate without him, but we can't. It can't be open from within. And Bruce is kind of like just saying, just like he did in the, in one of the Super Friends issues, he's just answering with one word answers where she says, it's been 10 years, he says at least. And she says, you know, we, we must concede. Maybe this is, this is all we have. And, you know, we, we've been trying to open the gate and he does not come. And he says, yeah. And then she says, um, so perhaps this is everything, all of our life. Uh, all of life, our life. And he says, the hordes are everlasting. And she says, and all we have forever is you and me. And he says, yeah. And then she says, you know, even without the pointy ears, you don't look so bad. And then the last panel is both of them leaning into each other really close. And he just goes, yeah. And it's like, (laughs) oh, shit. To be continued. Where the entire issue, Bats, for the most part, had been... Keeping, you know, he's, it's not really insinuating that he's getting much closer to her, but this last page is huge because it's almost like, um, have you guys seen Inception? Not Inception, I'm sorry. The other uh, I, movie that starts with an I, Interstellar, with Matthew McConaughey. Uh. So in Interstellar, spoilers, but uh, the whole concept of the movie is time travel and trying to, not time travel, um... The whole concept of the movie is space travel and trying to find a new home for humans. And uh, in part of the movie, what happens is they seek out a planet that's really close by to a black hole. And what they explain in the movie is that the planet, when it's so close to the black hole, you know, the mass of the black hole and the gravity is pulling everything into it so much that it, like, fucks with the... It messes with time. So the closer you are to a black hole, the planet's time moves Mm -hmm. slower. But in reality, everything else that's not within reach of that black hole moves faster. So um, when you're on that planet, you think you're there for an hour. In reality, you've been gone for 20 years. You know what I mean? So in part of the film, um, they go down to this planet and they're on the planet for like 15 minutes or maybe like maybe about an hour. Who knows? When they come out of the planet, they return back to the ship 
they notice that one of the other crew members has aged by like 30 years. And they're like, how long have we been gone for? And it's like, it's been 30 years. And they've been gone for an hour. So to them, they've been gone for an hour. They come back and they open up like this journal of digital messages from their families. And their families have all aged 30 fucking years. So they've missed the an entire lifetime worth of relationships and life and life has literally fucking passed them by so that's kind of like what i get like diana and bruce being in this realm alone by themselves for 10 years not having any outside contact with what they came from think you know you could think the worst like we've been trying to open this 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 portal we've been trying to send word out we've heard nothing what if everyone's fucking dead You know, what if everyone's gone? And that's the reality that they have, and that's what's going through their heads. And I think that's kind of what Bruce starts to realize is what if this is all that there ever is anymore? What if everything that we left behind is gone? And so Diana, (laughs) I mean, like, if if you want, I don't know, she's she was being super suggestive in this issue. Yeah, this this Um, episode wasn't part of the Super Friends arc. This is part of the Super Friends with Benefits arc. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, yeah, as uh, and when people when when you guys do read this, um, you have to realize that the only person that knows that the that there's a time difference is the gentleman. He doesn't tell Bruce and Diane that a one year, you know, one hour here is ten at least ten years in this in this realm where the demons are. He doesn't say that to Bruce. He doesn't say that to Wonder Woman. In fact, um, during this, uh, him and uh, the gentleman, Selena, actually get robbed. Well, a guy tries to rob him. Yeah. And uh, Selena, yeah, that guy fucked up. Yeah. And Selena <laughs> basically kicks the guy, you know, kicks the gun out. Then the gentleman totally just right hooks the guy. And Selena even asks him, um, you know, are you married? Or you know, he says, I'm married. And she says, you? How does that work? He said, I'll tell you after I call her and she's like, wait, what? And then of course we go back to Bruce and Diana killing, you know, fighting these demons. And that's when Selena finds out and they cut back to the gentleman and Selena. And, um, Selena asks him, well, how long have you, you know, how long, when's the last time you saw your wife? And he said a year, maybe a little more. And she said, but Batman said he thought, wait a minute, you weren't, you weren't fighting for thousands of years. And that's when we find out. He says, yes, thousands of years, time is different there. You don't age, but time uh, passes. And she's like, but they've only been gone for a few hours. And then that's when, as a reader, you find out that, you know, 10 years in the realm is an hour, you know, an hour or so in the real world. And that's when also you find out that yeah. no one else, you know, Bruce and Diana don't know this, uh, that, you know, the time is, you know, time difference. So as you're reading it, you need to realize, like what Tom said, that, you know, they even, Bruce and Diane even talk about they tried sending a signal out and nothing's come back. And how long has it been? That Bruce says at least 10 years. So, you know, don't get the, you know, the bad cat fans, don't get your pitchforks out and torches and blame Diana for being a whore because, <laughs> I mean, that's what's going to happen. They're going to they're gonna say yeah, it anyway. Just have some comments. I mean... Once you read it, you'll you should understand that you know they don't know that it's been you know, only a couple hours in the real world. They know it as ten years at least, yeah. and they're the only two. <laughs> and you know, you can you can even break it down 
both ways. You know, you could say Bruce leans in as if he's going to kiss her. It's very clear that that looks like what it's about to happen is they're about yeah. to kiss. And uh, you can say that it's because to them, they think that this is it. This is all we're ever going to know. You know, everybody else is gone. They're they're not coming for us. This is it. Um, you know, you could say it that way or you could deny it and say, no, he's being seduced. And, you know, he would never betray Selena. And no matter what, even if um, he was gone for 10 years, he would hold out with, you know, whatever. He would hold out and wait and get, get a clear sign, whatever. But um, I don't know. It's uh, I think it was just a really well-written well, issue. I love the fact that it's going to. It's just going to make people go nuts. Um, and then someone pointed out, too, I know we've been going over Wonder Woman the last couple of issues, but the arc that we've been covering was more Darkseid and Grail. Um, so what what I was told is Diana is actually like with uh, Steve Trevor, isn't yeah. she, in the Wonder Woman yeah. issues? because even ever since Rebirth started, <clears throat> um, they've been together. Yeah, so if you want to say that this book is canon and uh, it's occurring, it is because it's it's occurring at the sa- at the same time as Super Friends, so it's in that timeline, um, in the Rebirth timeline. So it's occurring at the same time that Diana and Steve are together. Um, so she's getting herself a little something on the side. Yeah, that or Bruce is yeah, seducing her. I mean, <laughs> is that what you're saying? He, he is a he is a billionaire playboy. Come on. Shaven with an axe, man. That's 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 sending out a vibe. <laughs> oh right? yeah, manliness, and he's shirtless so. with all the scars on him. But I mean, this has to be canon yeah. because, um, well, yeah, because they're because ta- the gentleman back in the real world even yeah. says, "Oh, so you're married," and she says, um, "You know, to be married." You know, uh, mean so yeah. okay, you know, he's yeah, betrothed. So, you know, I'm I'm just gonna put it out there right now in in um. Defense of Bruce, different area codes, oh. man. <laughs> area codes, <laughs> different area codes. Uh, so, so your contention though is that Bruce is the one doing the seduction here. So he said, "I'll see your bathing in a waterfall, and I'll raise you shaving with an axe, shirtless, shirtless too, covered in demon oh. blood." That doesn't. Yeah, yeah, man. That doesn't scream seduction. I don't know what does. Um. I, dude, I think we really should ask uh, uh, the Cat Force to come on. Um, what is it, Thursday? Is it what? When we're going over Batman Forever, which I'm sure they'd like too. But I really want to. We should get their uh, um, response to this issue because it's, it's a big one. Yeah. So it's, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to hear uh, the thoughts of uh, some Bat Cat fans and wh- what they're thinking. We already know where Naj, Naj stands with this. But see, uh, uh, in the I, I, I'd like to find out where she stands after actually physically reading it because well she's she mentioned that she thinks she wants to skip it well then she you know what she'll do is she'll she'll be bundled up with like she'll be bundled up with uh some some blankets and she'll be reading it with like the blankets pulled (laughs) all the way like off to her nose and like when the parts get like too much for her she's gonna cover her ears or cover her maybe a stress ball in her hand yeah, I, she's probably gonna have to. She's gonna have to buy like four or five copies of this issue because she's gonna keep fucking chucking it across the room out of anger. Well, I mean, you know, it, she might, might even rip the first one. I, like I said, I mean, I'd um, like to find out certain Batcat fans' opinions because nothing physically happens yet. We don't know if it will. Yeah, so that's, that's a massive yet. I don't know. I, I don't feel like anything is going to come of it. I, I, I don't see them. Uh, I, 
Uh, I see what's going to happen is that they're going to lean in, and then a horde's going to come. Are we talking like penetration? Or are you saying like nothing, nothing at I'm all? I'm going to kiss. I, I don't. I yeah. I don't. I don't see anything happening. Like above the waist, <laughs> just, just anything at all. I don't. I don't think the kiss is even going to happen. Oh man! I, I just don't feel like that's the way Tom's going right. to this. Maybe like Selena shows. Maybe she like shows up like all pissed off with like her clutch in her purse, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> the fucking fa- the the fucking nails out, and she's like, "Oh no, you did it!" She shows bitch. up and then takes like, off her yeah, shoes, <laughs> takes her earrings off one by one. She gives she gives the gentleman her purse to hold. I mean, I I think yeah. probably what's gonna I happen is like what Robin said. I mean, they're probably gonna lean in. The next issue is gonna allude to something, but then before anything physically happens, probably another horde's going to show up. Maybe. Oh, yeah, they might be. You're right. They are getting really comfortable after the fucking everlasting horde to build a goddamn campfire and to roast some mallows and take your shirt off and start shaving with an axe. Yeah. Where's that next? Where's that next crop of horde? You know? But uh, yeah, so final thoughts. What do you guys think of the issue in general? I, I love the issue. Uh, I like the art. Uh, having the uh, a rare look at uh, at Wonder Woman being in Gotham, and especially just being on the roof of the GCPD with the the lit bat signal, uh, the lit bat signal behind her was yeah. really cool to see. And I love Joel Jones' art. Uh, uh, she yeah, I mean, she does really well uh, drawing women in particular. Yep. So uh, seeing her uh, Wonder Woman yeah, she... and Selena in this was really good. I like the story too. Seeing it as a, a, again uh, another change of pace from what the previous issues have been. Yeah, it's it's a nice little uh, uh, pause from the the silly and the playful, which is great. I mean, the, those issues that we got were great, but it's cool to see how Tom King bounces around and still delivers something as good in a different tone and. Um, the last two issues have been completely different than the Super Friends stuff, and uh, it's just been fun to read. Yep. I mean, it's, I've been looking forward to it every every two weeks. So now I'm really looking forward to see what happens uh, the next yeah. issue because isn't the next issue when uh, they team up against Ivy? Uh, yeah, I think that might be issue forty. Issue yeah. forty. Yeah. So so something's. Go- I mean, um, Bats obviously comes back, and and who knows how if this gets resolved? We, who knows? if it gets brought up and what happens, but um, two things I do think are, are important. Number one is that um, that interaction with the gentleman and Selena is big. The fact that uh, he questioned, you don't know if he's a good man, but you're going to marry him. Um, and she doesn't have anything to say back. And then the issue previous with Batman and that little kid, Matthew, um, him realizing what Bruce Wayne really is, which is just a sick kid with dead parents and how messed up he can be and is, um, showed that it influenced him and stuck with him. Uh, even when coming home and seeing Selena, he, you know, the first time he sees Selena, he's super happy to see her. The next time he comes home, he frowns. So I think those two things, it's like it's kind of showing um, some possible ripples or possible hiccups in the relationship based on Selena's doubt. And then also based on Batman's realization of what he is bringing into a relationship. And even that last issue, like you said, he comes home and then when they're both laying in bed, Selena's sleeping, Bruce is wide awake and he's still talking about this case. 
And Selena's like, that's childish. Uh, she's sleeping. Then that, it dawns on him, wait a minute, childish. And then that's when he realizes that the kid actually did all the murdering. Um, yeah. It's so funny how his mind goes that way because when Selena said childish in that episode, when she says childish, it, it clicks the light bulb for him. For me, I heard childish. Then I heard Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> pizza. I want to get some pizza right now. And immediately I wanted to, like, order pizza. Bruce, however, like, goes detective mode, like, childish, children, whimsical. You know, yeah. and then he, then he figures out the case. Just interesting, really interesting. But, uh, yeah, all right. So uh, next issue will be 40. Looking forward to it. Um, Bad Cat fans, you know, hold on to uh, your butts. Uh, it's not over yet. Um, but I, you know what? Let's do this. If there are Wonder Bat fans, I'm whoa, whoa, I'm so sorry. Holy crap! Gonna get some hate mail for that. Never mind. If there are some Bat Cat fans who are listening to this right now, um, send us emails, tweet us. Um, I want to hear your responses to this issue, and I want to read that out loud yeah. um, on the show, and we'll give you a shout out or whatever. So, tweet us, uh, email us. The, your response, your unfiltered feelings about this issue, without bashing, hopefully you're not threatening or bashing anyone, but you're just giving us your raw emotions after this issue. I'd love it. Also, Wonderbat fans, um, do the same. Yeah. And, uh, and um, let us know what you think. I really want to read some of these things hey, on the air. Hey, nice. Tom, um, just in case, uh, what's that email address we can send emails to? Uh, you can check us out on Instagram at the Bat Force, and uh, it's in there. I believe it's um, info at the Bat dot com. Let me double check and make and sure, the, um, but I do believe that's what. And it in is. case, I mean, I'm sure everyone's following us on Twitter also. But um, what's the uh, Twitter handle again? Yeah, if you want to hit us up, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, it's at the underscore Bat Force. Um, let me see here. And uh, oh shit, our email's not up there. Oops. Well, while Tom's doing that, I thought it was. Oh, it is. It is. It is. So it's info at thebatforce.com. So if you guys want to email us, um, unfiltered thoughts of Batman Thirty Nine, it's info at thebatforce.com, or hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Instagram, and we will read them on the air. And uh, uh, yeah, please, <laughs> it'll please be a good no time. threat. I mean, Tom King's a nice guy. He writes Batman, bitch. <laughs> Um, good friend of good friend of the Bat Force, so please no threats or anything along that nature. Yeah, we won't read those. If if you're threatening his yeah. life, if you're threatening the dude's life, if you're if you're saying crazy shit about him, we're not gonna read those. We'll we'll read your responses yeah. and how you feel. Um, make it fun just to kind of see what you guys. Yeah, come any up with. anything threatening that you send, uh, only the NSA will be reading that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, where do you want to go next? We got uh, Nightwing? Sure. Yeah, we can do some Nightwing. Uh, Trunks, you read Nightwing as well, <laughs> yes? Yes, sir. Ooh. Let's roll it. I did not read Nightwing. I um, skimmed it. But uh, you guys were saying it's kind of like a uh, flashback issue, Yeah, right? a lot of it is a flashback issue. Uh, it's containing the... Uh, uh, containing, it's continuing the... Uh, storyline with the judge who is uh, we've learned over the last couple issues is an old villain that uh, Dick first encountered during his very very early days as Robin mm -hmm. and uh, 
So this is still uh, Sam Humphreys writing, and we have two different artists uh, on this issue. So uh, for the pages that happen in the present, uh, those are by Jamal Campbell, and all of the flashback scenes are done by Klaus Janssen. So very cool to see Klaus uh, getting in there on a Nightwing issue. Oh, wow. Yeah, I heard you saying that he was on some of the recent things. You guys yep. hear me? Yeah, I think yeah. I just got a delay there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was saying uh, it's really cool to see him uh, on some of the books. Again. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, definitely uh, on on uh, a Nightwing issue is uh, somewhat unexpected. But uh, it, I like the idea of an issue that jumps back and forth between the past and the present, having different uh, different artists tackling them. You know, we've seen other books like we were talking about uh, on the last episode, how uh, in Hush, when I think it was in Hush, when Jim Lee was doing flashback scenes, he went over to doing watercolor. So the flashback mm-hmm. scenes would have a different look. And uh, that uh, helps uh, illustrate the uh, the difference in time that you're seeing and uh, highlight what's happening. Anything nice. you want to drop in there, Scott? Um. No, I mean, um, and we can just jump right into the issue if you want. I mean, cool. I mean, I mean, like like you said, I mean, it's, um, of course, it starts off in the present. Um, we're talking about the casinos, Bloodhaven is the the Bloodhaven city government, I guess, city council is closing all of uh, the casinos um, due to these um, string Massive of murders. Corruption. Yeah. And, yeah, um, and all, all the uh, the corruption was uh, was revealed when the mayor uh, was basically uh, tricked into killing himself by the judge. By the judge, yeah, and the um, the judge. In case anyone's not reading, um, they're they're able to find uh, they've been these people that just do these random acts of murder or like the mayor committed suicide. They're they found like these golden casino chips, and that's the only clue that the judges ever left behind. Um, we get introduced to, I mean, um, this, he really wants to get caught. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, um, like they, he's been leaving those chips for like 20 years. Yeah. But no, nobody's <laughs> done it though. He, he's just been, oh. uh, messing with <laughs> Nightwing all this time. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't give a yeah. shit about Batman or anybody else. Even even some of the the best like villains like even let's say if they're like getting no hits with like their calling card they'll switch it up even you know to make it fun or to maybe like entice someone to chase them you know even more specifically I'm thinking of the Wet Bandits who uh, AKA in the first, AKA the uh, Sticky Bandits exactly yeah they switch <laughs> it up because they're the Wet Bandits and then they get caught and then they come out and they'll go by the Sticky Bandits the second time around because <laughs> you got to keep it fresh. Um, you know, you gotta keep, gotta, gotta keep people guessing. So you'd expect after decades that, uh, the judge would leave more than just chips, but I guess, you know, hey. uh, he's a creature of habit, so can't Sticks be mad at what works. True. He hasn't been caught yet. Yeah. So, uh, the beginning of this year introduced to uh, a woman named, uh, Lucy, uh, what was her, uh, Lucy Weatherton, and she owns one of the casinos, uh, that has been shut down by the government and, uh, she gets visited by Nightwing. And this is where the flashbacks come in. 
uh, we find out that they've known each other for years. So basically when Dick was in his early years, his early days as Robin, uh, one of his first cases was encountering the judge, and that was when they first met Lucy. So uh, she's for all for a long time, uh, you know, she's sort of retired now and just uh, apparently owning casinos, but she used to be uh, Bloodhaven's, uh, I guess, equivalent of Batman, the closest they had. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, her name was Baby Ruthless, and uh, she kind of walked around in like a like a corset top and uh, kind of like almost like baseball gear, and she basically swung a baseball bat at criminals. Yeah, it had the star-spangled pants and some knee pads and high tops. Probably some Air Jordans, I'm thinking. Nice. And, and did her thing. So we see oh, in the flashback uh, Batman and uh, Dick as Robin were in Bloodhaven chasing. Were they chasing at the time? Yeah, they were chasing the judge. That was what yeah. brought them to uh, to Bloodhaven. And she walks in uh, while they're uh, fighting crime on uh, on her turf. Yeah, and I mean it shows because um, since the um, since Nightwing realized that who the mastermind behind all these um, murders is, it's the judge. Um, he's always been saying that all these murders. I guess I think the currently since the judge came back, there's like thirty something murders, and Dick has been saying that that's on me because he's never caught the judge. In fact, he got close to it and. This towards the end, the middle toward from like the middle towards the end, you actually see why you know Dick almost got him, but the judge got away. Um, the judge hijacks a uh, a cargo ship with nuclear waste that they do illegally that they illegally dump. Um, convinces the captain. Um, basically, for people that don't know, the judge offers you something that you can't refuse. Um, he asks you, "What do you want?" and he, like this, this lady, this female ship captain. He says, "I know, I know what you want. You're the you're the harbor master." Um, he's like, "You're sick of bringing the radioactive sludge into American cities. You want to be the good guy instead. The person who brings the crime to to light. You know, basically saying that you really want to be the whistleblower. So I'll I'll do that. But you, a deal's a deal. You have to drive this ship into a casino." Um, and of course, uh, Robin crashes through the window, and they start fighting. And the judge actually is trying to—he he, he realizes, "Oh shit, Batman and Robin's here!" So he tries to escape. Uh, Dick actually tackles him and starts, you know, kicking his ass, and a little, probably a little more um, ruthless, I guess, fighting because one, cause Dick gives him a right hook, and the judge actually falls over the side of the ship but he lands into a speedboat and speeds away. So Dick realizes, oh, he, you know, this guy, uh, this criminal got away, and he's trying to make himself, <clears throat> you know, um, he wants to prove himself to Batman about, you know, he should be wearing, he should be the sidekick, he should be wearing a mask and cape. So he's kind of depressed a little bit, and after the judge escapes, and he's contemplating, well, I'm going to need a new life, a new identity, because no way Batman is going to keep me on his team. 
and then Batman shows up and Robin says, you know, it's over now, right? You're going to kick me out now. And he says, easy, Robin, next time you'll do better. And then it and flashes yeah. back to the current times. Anyway, go ahead. So, uh, the, the main, the main theme of this issue is highlighting, uh, Dick's, uh, self doubt and how, how much his, his early self doubt when he became Robin was a result of this encounter with, with the judge and how he's still eluded him for all these years. And he's still having that same feeling of self doubt now because he's still unable to, to catch him. And, you know, well, he's resurfaced and is killing more people. And he's, <clears throat> he's carrying that burden of all the people that have been, all the people who have died as, as a result of the judge. Um, then it flashes back to the current times and this lady, Lucy, who, you know, like, um, owns a casino, um, says, you know, you shouldn't be beating yourself up about it. And she mentions about a, um, she, she gave up her baseball bat. She gave up the, the vigilante life, um, ever since King Sturgeon took over the judge's gang. And that kind of sets off a light bulb in Nightwing's head. Um, as previous issues, we saw this, shark guy his name was guppy um kind of like the uh the dummy thug and um the the last page you see the guppy he's trying to he's doing these small crimes throughout the series to try and get money for his dead father which was king sturgeon and then at the very end you see um guppy's holding a gold casino chip and nightwing's like you know i gotta get I got to get to King Surgeon before the judge gets to him. And we see Guppy holding a knife and he's about to stab his own father. So uh, King Sturgeon is, uh, yeah, the, the person that they were fighting back in that flashback the night that they, that they met Lucy. Yeah. So he's an obvious tie because they fought him while they were chasing down uh, the judge. So he's the closest tie that they have to, to the judge. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, so when Nightwing realized that, he's like, I got to get to King Sturgeon before the judge does. And you see the son, this guy Guppy, holding a gold coin. He's crying. And then the last panel is he's got a knife and he's starting to swing down on his father. So most like, so most likely the judge talked to Guppy and said, you know, I can make you this, you know, he gave him a deal, but the judge is clearly trying to cover his own tracks by having the son kill the only tie to the judge, which is King Sturgeon. Man, what is with these kids killing their parents? Um, madness. <laughs> Didn't raise them right. I blame the school. <sighs> um... <clears throat> um so, I mean, overall, I mean, I, the issue, I think, is well-written. Um, I know some people are going to kind of pick on Jansen's art because, <clears throat> excuse me, um, when they show the, the current time with Nightwing, I mean, this is how I saw it. The, the current, when they, talk, when they show the current Nightwing, um, the art's very crisp. Uh, I think it's, you know, uh, more, I guess, the, the modern art that people are used to. So Jansen, he kind of has that old school kind of drawing and his pencils are more loose. Mm. 
I guess so. <clears throat> There's not but, uh, as that, much that that fits uh, that fits for the theme of the flashbacks, so because the the flashbacks are going you know backwards in time several years, so it goes back to that time where that was the uh, the look of comics. Yeah, and like it even gives you the aesthetic exactly. of that timeline. I, I liked it. I liked the way it, it's. It, I thought the colors were a little bit more vibrant too, right? Of the flashbacks, yeah. the more. Yes. It, the the colors yeah, pop the, uh, a little more. Well, the, obviously because the coloring in the in the current stuff is a lot more of uh, the, the pastel-y kind of looking colors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cooler and and, and yeah. gray. Well, especially since like Nightwing's wearing black and blue, and then when he's Robin, it's just a fucking big red, <laughs> you know, outfit. So I, obviously that has to do with it, but yeah, I I, I like the way they were kind of doing it. like how you mentioned Robin, where it's like Jim Lee did the watercolors for the flashbacks yeah. in Hush. Um, it's a it makes it easy to decipher the fact that this is not the same time frame or timeline. Yeah. So they they did uh, but, they did uh, sidestep having uh, Dick in the real old school Robin costume. You know, he wasn't in the in the little briefs with. The uh, fairy boots and everything. Yeah, <laughs> the booty shorts. <laughs> so he was in more of like the uh, even a more modern uh, Tim Drake sort of suit. Yeah, I was gonna say like when um, Tim Drake took the mantle of Robin. Um, <clears throat> no, but the, the the color when yeah. Jansen like like Tom, you brought up a good point. The the colors definitely popped more when it did the flashback when with Jansen's pencils. Um, the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the uh, Lucy as uh, Babe Ruthless. The the some of the panels almost pop, the colors pops like um, kind of like Strikes Again. Uh, sorry, Dark Knight Strikes Again. Um, you know, kind of more kind of jumps out jumps off the pages than the the, the current <clears throat> excuse me the current uh, coloring, if you will. Nice. Yeah, it was a pretty cool issue. Um, don't know what's up with all these kids killing their parents, like I said, but um, <clears throat> we should probably move on to uh, an issue where the kids aren't going to kill their parents. Um, Super Sons. Who read Super Sons? I read Sons? Super Sons. Yes, sir. Oh, cool. We all read it. Um, this issue of Super Sons um, is right after the Tim Cop, Tim Drake uh, well, it kind of picks up right where the last one left off, as comics do, and um, we see that he has decided to—he's now the yeah. savior. He's yeah, going by the savior. Slash, got that new slash the savior. <laughs> yeah, he's got that snazzy new outfit um, that he's been sporting for the last two issues, and uh, as it left, he was—he ch- was like sacrificing himself into what exactly is it? The time? Yeah, as the as the time stream, stream is so. The whole time that he had been uh, in the in like our world's current time, uh, is I guess the best horrible way to put it. Uh, time has been trying to correct itself and trying to pull him back through to his own time to where he belongs. So while this solar flare was getting out of control and uh, everyone was working together to try to uh, to try to stifle it, uh, he had them all kind of just throw it at him so he could take it with him as uh, as the time stream sucked him back through. Got it. So, um, 
which just means that he could probably go somewhere else and fuck their <laughs> shit up too then. That's right, and he has a lot of options, because so, as, as we see him going through yeah. the time stream, uh, we see uh, lots of, just as we did before, lots of uh, little looks at different stories and different timelines. We get a little look at the, the current metal storyline. We yep. see Death of the Family, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, Forever the, Evil. Yeah, Forever Evil in the top there. Lantern Flash Superman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with yeah. Possibly, yeah, what could be uh, Blackest Night, um, the Lazarus contract when Deathstroke got uh, a hold of the Speed Force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, basically like every <laughs> major <laughs> DC event in like the last twenty years. Yeah, but um, so so they so they force him back into uh, the time stream as he falls in and basically seals it up for the time being, and uh, that leaves the um. Do they name them? It's like the future alternate reality Justice League, where it's uh, got several members they're not familiar with. Yeah, from it's a different basically time. the Teen Titans um, that had grown up and become the Justice League. Yeah, and uh, so I, they're basically saying goodbye to them as well. But before they do, um, well, they leave. They leave, and then and then um, Damien and John and the rest of the Teen Titans are kind of talking about what the hell just happened, and. Uh, Kid Flash, he's like, oh, he's, and they're like, man, I can't try to process, like, that other league, that was so weird, and then, uh, uh, Kid Flash is like, look, I took a selfie, and he shows, like, a picture that he took of him with, like, that other Justice League, and Raven gets, like, super pissed off, basically, what the time is, dude, you're taking selfies when, you know, we, the futuristic Tim Drake just sacrificed his life for us, he pulled a real Logan Paul move, yeah, just without consideration of what he was doing, he just acted based off of impulse. And, you know, in, in the moment where you probably should have reflected on not exploiting a dead man, um, you did pretty much exactly that by sensationalizing, you know, social media. You know what, until a week ago, I, thought I didn't was... know what that guy's damn name was, and I really resent the fact that I now know who he is. Sorry to yeah. interject there, but... Dude, Sam. it's crazy. <clears throat> No, it's 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 funny. I didn't either. I didn't either. And and all this all this that shitstorm that came up, it was yeah. everywhere. And it was um, you know what's crazy? Though? I, this is gonna be a hardcore tangent, but just I'll keep I'll keep it quick. Um, the reason I know who that guy is is because I work with kids who are like ten, eleven, twelve years old, and they don't watch TV as much as yeah. they watch YouTube. And this guy is like a huge YouTube star. And he has like 15 million subscribers. And apparently, they're all ten-year-olds. Which most like, exactly? No, they are. They're all they're all between the ages of like 10 and like 13. And um, 15 million viewers—that's like more than what network television yeah. primetime does. So this dude, like, is seen by a lot of kids. And one of the things that was crazy is that you know this guy films himself going into this yeah, forest the, the in Japan forest. and films. Films, films someone who had literally just committed suicide probably a couple weeks before, and he's putting it on video, and then he uploads it to YouTube. It got 5 million hits before it got taken down. So 5 million kids saw, like, a dead, a victim of suicide on their YouTube. And a lot of these kids don't know what that is, and a lot of these kids probably haven't really experienced death even yet. So, like, it, it was really fucked up, because... 
on one hand, people are just shitting on this guy because, like, oh, he's such an idiot, blah, blah, blah. But they don't really take any consideration. It's like, dude, so many little kids just got, like, yeah. scarred for life because yeah. of and, what this and guy did. And he knew what he, like, and, he apologized after. Like, obviously, he knew it wasn't going to go over well, but he knew that it would get a lot of attention, and I yeah. can just apologize later. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he um, ruined his... I've been... Uh, some people have been talking about it. Um, he was even like... At first, he was like, oh, man, that's a dead body. But then, almost like, they were kind of making a joke of it. But, like... Yeah, well, it's... The, his whole channel is, like, him just joking and being stupid and dumb during all these situations. So, it was basically just in line with whatever else he does on other episodes. He just didn't... He's just... In, like, here's the thing, like... I can't come down on the guy too much as far as how he was reacting to it, because everyone's going to react to that situation completely different. No one knows how to respond to seeing a dead person. So, you know, who, you can't you wow. can't come down on, like, a react. But the fact that he fucking went home and had time yeah, to process it. it and then <laughs> realize what it was, edit it, make a thumbnail to show the body next to him, and then do a tagline saying, we found a dead body, like, all that was completely like not yeah it was yeah. premeditated yeah it was 100 doing this will go over yeah. huge uh, people will get mad but i'll just apologize yeah. after i'll do it and i'll still get all the press from it yeah yeah it, it, it speaks to the generation that is coming up right now where it's a lot of just impulse like little kids just with having a tablet and not really just like um you know like um just having that sense of instant like gratification. Like Donald Trump having Twitter. And not thinking of anything. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. It's just a crazy time right now. But uh, it was funny because in this issue with Kid Flash doing that and Raven, like, going nuts on him, if if that hadn't have just happened in the media, I probably would have been like, why is she just flipping her lid on, you know? But now that it gives you pause and it makes you, like, reflect on it, you're like, wow, like, yeah. Kid Flash is a moron. Like, Tim Drake, who they all know, who grows up... Well, he was a grown-up version of him, but um, if these are the Teen Titans, and this is, like, the world of DC, they all know who Tim Drake yeah. is. They know, you know, him personally, and he literally just fucking sacrificed himself for you, and then here you are, like, making yeah, a party smiling. of it afterwards. Be, yeah. So, just... It really funny, like how the timing of this issue and that event, like we're right there. So. Yeah, yeah, it highlighted uh, the existence of shithole YouTube channels. Flash <laughs> 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 is a dick. But um, uh, so anyways, um, it's obviously an event that happened where um, it happens, and then immediately, like Damien is like, "All right, we fix it up." You know, he's like washing his hands of it, and he's like, "All right, that's everything's taken care of." And um, the rest of the issue is kind of like, well, this fucked up thing just happened, and we have to deal with it as a team. Like, what are we going to do? Um, but Damien is kind of trying to, like, sweep it under the rug and not really focus on it at all. And um, they uh, return back to, well, they're already back wherever they were. But um, once once that portal shuts down, um, the Teen Titans kind of want to talk about it and they want to process it, but um, well, the Superman takes um, Superboy John and Damien back to the Fortress of Solitude, and Superman's kind of, you know, he's he's reassessing the whole what just happened with Tim Drake and how he came back, and how Tim said that John will do something to cause, you know, uh, some major shit to go down. So even so, Superman starts. Yeah. 
thinking, okay, well, I got to reassess this team up between John and Damien. Yeah. About you know, yeah. the actions of yeah the actions of John and Damien led to a important member of the DC universe, whether it's current time or not, sacrificing his life. What, yeah, but what yeah. we think. It, his, to save, but to save Tim's own decision to travel back to that time was the precipitating factor that caused all of this to happen and lead us to this moment where, yeah. you know, Superman is like uh, the Ward Cleaver giving a lecture to uh, Wally and the Beave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> comes in. Well, so. uh, <laughs> hey, how you doing there, huh? Uh, What's going on? <laughs> oh, how you doing there? Well, and but, um, John. Well, uh, one yeah. thing that we skipped. Holy shit! A huge thing that we just skipped. Right before they showed the Fortress of Solitude, um, it shows what we think is Tim Bats getting tossed back into the time stream, and he wakes up at Wayne Manor, and Alfred is kind of like, "Are you, you know, wait, good morning, sir." And he's like, how long was I out for? Like, you know, what just happened? And Alfred goes, you must have been dreaming. Like, what are you talking about, Master Bruce? And he's fucking Bruce Wayne, like, waking up at Wayne Manor. And he looks into the mirror. And that's... So he just did, like, a... What's that show called? Fucking oh, Quantum Leap. Yeah, there you go. Oh! I did. So, like, Tim, Tim Bats, Tim Drake quantum leaps into Bruce Wayne's body and who knows what timeline or, or, you know, universe, but he wakes up as fucking Bruce Wayne and they just leave it like that. Like they yeah. leave that hanging. I didn't even consider so I, that. I, um, yeah. I didn't even, I thought, uh, I thought that we were, uh, seeing, okay. I, I didn't even take it that way. I thought we were seeing, Bruce for the first time after the first issue of Super Sons of Tomorrow where uh, future Time Cop Tim Bats had uh, broken into Wayne Manor and uh, tried to take out Bruce so that he could go after uh, after Jonathan. You know, now that you say it, I completely misinterpreted that. So, yeah. But, I think <laughs> I was I was seeing it as like Holy fuck, did he, like, go back in the time stream and wake up as Bruce? See, I mean, it, now that you say that, Tom, I mean, I'm looking at the page right now, and, I mean... Uh, yeah, I looking at the face too. now, it doesn't look <laughs> yeah. terribly Bruce-like. So, hmm, yeah, when he first wakes up. Yeah, yeah. when he first he wakes young. up, he looks young. And then, even after Alfred says, he must have uh, must have been a dream, Master Bruce, and he looks in the mirror and goes, a dream? Hmm. Like he's thinking, like he's looking himself in the mirror, just like... Uh, quantum leap. He says, he says, um, how long have I been out? Out, sir? Unconscious, thanks to my running with the alternate Tim Drake. He's like, you must have, you must, it must have been a dream, Master Bruce. And he goes, a dream? Hmm. Hmm. But then it does show him, it shows him later in the issue, so I might be completely fucking wrong, but yeah. something's up with that. Or something doesn't add up there. Something's up. Anyways, getting back to it. Um, everyone's trying to point a finger at Damien. Or Superman is at least trying to point a finger at like, I can't let these little knuckleheads hang out anymore because crazy shit's gonna happen. But then um, Jonathan essentially says, "No, like we're friends. We have to stick together, and that's what friends do. Is when t when things get tough, is that they stick by each other and they support each other, not abandon each other." And he he 
convinces Superman to let them continue to, uh, you know, run around together. <laughs> and that's when they come out of the fortress and uh, the Titans, the Teen Titans are kind of pissed. They want to have like an emergency yeah. meeting. So uh, Superman uh, beams them up to yeah, the because... watchtower and allows them to use. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was I was just going to say because no, no. Uh, uh, Titan Tower had been destroyed, well, largely destroyed uh, in the first issue yeah. of the arc. Yeah, so uh, they get uh, bumped up to the main stage, and uh, they go into the Watchtower, and they get to use the round table with all the sweet embroidered um, headrests of uh, all the members of the Justice League, and they're kind of like freaking out about that. And Damien immediately wants to vote in John as a new member of the Teen Titans right after he turns 13, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a stipulation. <laughs> <laughs> he says, like, thir- is he 13 and a half? Sorry, what was that? Does he say 13 and a half? Well, there's, like, no, two sure. stipulations. He wants, he wants to make him, John uh, a like, a, a partial member. Yeah. Half member. Yeah. <laughs> and now uh, once, he, once he turns yeah. 13, to make him a full member. Yeah. And the team is not going for it, even though they all like John and they all say that he would have made a great yeah. Teen Titans member. This the stuff that just happened and went down, kind of put a bad taste in everyone's mouth. So they voted on trying to get a member in, but in reality they realized that it was really bad timing and they had to reassess mm-hmm. their own situation first before they allowed anybody new in. Not unlike the situation where we all came to the round table and asked about uh, mm-hmm. Legend Lego Batman. <laughs> um, and we were about to vote him into the Bat Force, but then we had to look at... And, the we, had, and we had to wait until he turned 13 years of age. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, the whole voting... System. Or had spent 13 yeah, grand that's, on that's pins. That's <laughs> that he was looking at that in the rear view. Um, in, the, in, the, uh, in the beginning of the arc, um, the team, it seemed like that half the team Titans you know, wanted John to be part of the team, and Damien was always the no... He's not ready. He's not old enough. He's not a member, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So when they go to the vote, Damien with a smile says, you know, he says, okay, let's vote. And Damien's the only one that raises his hand. And it shows, you know, people, uh, Raven, Kid Flash, Aqualad sitting there without raising their hands. So it, it kind of seemed like, you know, the, the feelings have done a 180. At first, Damien didn't want, you know, no, John can't be in the group. You know, he's a kid, he's immature, but now at the end of the arc, Damien's all with a smile, raising his hand to vote him in, but no one else is. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, um... I think, uh, Damien and John don't, don't worry about, uh, the Teen Titans voting. I say they find a third person and, uh, do their own tiny trinity. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. They try to find that um, Wonder Gal from the uh, alternate timeline and bring her back yes, over. Yes, Blondie. Whoa, she is. Well, actually, she's all grown up. Never mind. Well, she'll uh, <laughs> she'll show them what it means to be a man. <laughs> oh God! I, I still think it's well, illegal if they're yeah, under the age of consent. They're not eighteen so. yet. So, well, yeah, just, got uh, just, five, just ask years. some yeah. uh, ask some American school teachers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, so that's the end of uh, that Super Sons issue. Um, I thought it was a cool issue. The yeah. art's always good in this one, and uh, yeah, I just I like this book a lot. It's a cool spin off of uh, the Superman um, that uh, the other dudes are doing. Gleason, yeah. 
and, that's my uh, favorite Tomasi. part about this arc because most of the time when a story crosses over between multiple titles, you end up with the parts of the story having different feels and different paces because they're written by written by different authors and they're all just you know telling the same overall story together. But uh, this one, it's, it seemed more cohesive because uh, Tomasi and Gleason did the whole thing. Yeah. And um, Kirkham um, did the artboard. Oh. So he did the, he did the, the art. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No wonder it looks amazing. Kirkham's yes, a monster. Sir. And uh, that leads us into... Um, I guess we could finish on the Superman one, yeah? Superman uh, issue 39 also? Um, this one, like, man, it seemed like the Superman response to Batman and... Yeah, Superman very much. Also. This was a, a real uh, step out of uh, the the typical storylines. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, I was trying to figure out, like, what happened? Is this like a tribute issue? Like, what is, why are, what's with the feels are coming at us with? Like, what is going on right now? Um, but it starts out like a very typical Superman comic with Superman battling um, the group known as... The Demolition the Team. Uh, basically a group of D-lister <laughs> nobodies. <laughs> well, they're like, it's like yeah. a construction team. They're they're like, it's, a, it's the Metropolis Village. They probably Village got people. cut. <laughs> yeah. They probably like fucking lost their union, like uh, their hours. Oh uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know, I think there's uh, some poetry about this. Uh, union went on strike, and he's down on his luck. <laughs> <laughs> the poet JB Jovi. <laughs> oh man, oh man. So uh, yeah, so Soups is fighting the uh, demolition team. Uh, team. Team. Not not to be confused with the demolition, demolition crew team. or with two live crew. Um, I was gonna say the <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say so the very first panel. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tom. I was say the very no, no, first go ahead, go ahead. panel. You see this <clears throat> guy, you know, flying across the windows, and looks like one of his weapons is all in pieces. And one of the bystanders that's watching it goes, "Wow!" Another guy. I didn't think that bad guy could fly. He can't. It's called falling. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Superman just fucking tossed him. But uh, yeah, so Superman is facing. They don't explain why are these guys fighting Superman. Is it uh, explain? I didn't even question because so many Superman comics that I've read over the years have started out like this. You know, with Superman fighting whatever D-lister. Yeah, it's that's why it made it seem so classic. Where it's like this seems like the way a Superman movie would start. Like it's it's great. So. He basically runs through these fucking losers and, uh, you know, basically chucks them like nothing. And while he's doing it, he's doing it in front of uh, a children's hospital. And all these kids have gathered around the windows to kind of watch. I mean, who wouldn't? They're watching Superman do work and um, run through these bad guys. And so they're all watching them and like they're fanboying and fangirling out. And once it's all done, uh, one of the kids is in a part of the hospital where he overhears and oversees Superman talking to, uh, I guess, hospital administrators and the children, the children's parents of the, uh, of, and it's, it's very quickly um, shown that I assumed right off the bat, oh, this is like a cancer ward or something, because I think one of the kids is like bald. Um, 
and it's not a it's not a ward where like these kids have like a very good chance of coming out of whatever they got. Uh, especially the way Superman is like telling them, no, they're going to be completely safe and under my care. Don't you worry. It'll be totally fine. And then the one kid runs back and he tells all his friends like, man, I overheard Superman. He's talking to our parents. I think something's up. Um, and then it turns into Superman kind of coming in and explaining like, hey, like, you know, I got a cool day planned out for you guys. And why don't you all come with me? And uh, here's our ride. And it's uh, Green Lantern. And the kids all freak out. Green Lantern shows up and he's like created this plane out of his ring. And um, I, I think it would have been uh, I think it would have been a classy yeah, touch. If he had used his ring to make a white windowless van, <laughs> but the, the the big green plane works. Too. Yeah, um, the kids hop in, and then Superman uh, asks them, you know, have you any questions? And they all ask a bunch of different questions about his powers and like what he does. He has a girlfriend and all this stuff. Um, they fly into space. Well, it, they they first fly into space and. Uh, they're kind of doing like it's basically showing like Superman's giving these kids the oh, greatest yeah. day of their entire fucking lives, and so they get to hang out with Superman. They're like playing in zero gravity. Um, they're joking with him. Then he takes them to the Watchtower, and they get to see the Watch. They're in these fucking kids are in space in the Watchtower. Then he shows all the Justice League show up, and no one gives a shit about anybody but Batman. <laughs> um, True. Because in unison, they're imitating life, whispering. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg are there, and like, yeah. Batman, it's Batman. Oh my god, it's Batman. <laughs> He's <told> me. <laughs> and uh, sorry, like you said, the rest of Justice League is all smiling and uh, waving at the kids. Hey, welcome aboard! And Batman's off to the side with his cape all dro- yeah. you know, wrapped around him, not even looking at the kids, not even cracking a smile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just brooding. Like obviously he signed up for this last month but forgot the day was today. <laughs> so like he looked at the fucking dry erase board in the watchtower and was like, God damn it. Alright, for the kids, I'll do it for the kids. We we get we get a shot and, of Flash uh, pushing so all... a kid in his wheelchair with the power of the speed force. That kid would have broke his neck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we we would we should have yeah. been seeing on the next page Flash trying to explain what happened to this kid. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is like the immediately like I think of like what fucking parents let their kids go to fucking space <laughs> without demanding like, that they get to go too. What is going on? <laughs> I know, like hey, I want to go to the fucking Watchtower, so um. It's just it, it was a cool it's a cool you know issue and um, all the kids uh, are gathering around and Superman says that okay we're gonna do a scavenger hunt now and they're showing all the things that you got to do most importantly the kind of bonus item is you got to take a picture of yeah. Batman smiling um, which is damn near impossible so they, they show the kids doing the scavenger hunt you know they find Cyborg's arm which Batman's <laughs> like wearing they. They show Batman's space helmet, uh, Flash's badge, um, Wonder Woman's lasso, just kind of like all these different items. And then at the very end, the main kid, who we've kind of been like following through the issue, is, you know, says he's going to go and try to get that, that picture of Batman. And he goes up to him and uh, tells him what I assume is like a killer <laughs> fart joke. Um, to which Batman cannot help but crack a smile. And so he cracks a smile and takes a picture of him. And then uh, the kids are like, "How'd you do that?" He's like, "It was easy." I, I think I think he just whispered um, that Superman's a t- bitch. <laughs> 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 the, 
Who's the writer? Who wrote this? We've got to ask him <laughs> what the joke Morrison. was. Cause that's... Oh, shit. <laughs> there you go. So I, I, we got to ask him yeah. what that joke was. Um, the kids go all into space, and uh, they're they're jumping up around around the moon. And, um, they're, you know, they're what are they saying in, in that last, like, page right there? Um, uh, here it is. Oh. Uh, just, uh, well, um, when the kids go up to space, they... You know, um, Superman, you know, um, says, "There's, hey, hey, uh, up, you know, look at these rocks, and each rock has one of the children's name, like Rosa, Leroy, Tim, Jack, etc." They write their names on. He's like, "Pick up a rock, a space rock, or I think they're on the moon. Pick up a moon rock, and they all write their names on the moon, on the rock, and they put it on the ground, and they go." So now these are going to be here forever. He goes, "Yes, they'll be here forever." forever. And, uh, <laughs> and then he goes, "Can we stay a little longer, Superman?" He goes, "Absolutely, absolutely." And like it pans out, and they're like all looking at the Earth from the Moon, and it's like, "Holy fuck, Jesus Christ, this issue!" It's like that in my mind the whole time I'm realizing like these kids are going to be because the kid says it. He goes, "I really wish that um, our friend could have been here to see this. You know, she just died like two days ago or something." And then Superman's like, "She is here. She's here. You know, experiencing it through you." And then it kind of shows you, like, oh man, these kids yeah, aren't like, going to last very long. Why you got to be like that, Tomasi? But then, the... <laughs> <laughs> seriously, the whole thing with the space rocks and how now the kids are going to be, you know, they're gonna, they'll be there forever and all this shit. Like, you know, oh my god, like, dude, I'm just trying to read some fucking comics of Batman getting it in with Super <laughs> Wonder Woman, you know. <laughs> and here he comes with the fucking wetworks, but uh, yeah, it was just like, Jesus, where is this? Con-? Like. What the hell, man? Like, no no warning of any of this. And uh, a really, really, like, yeah. heartwarming and touching issue of Superman. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just really like well done. The, um, those two issues where Batman uh, or Bruce, Selina, Clark, and Lois go on that double date. You know, there's no, you know, there's no fighting. There's, it's different, you know, instead of yeah. the, the dark images, the, the brooding, it shows a lighter side. And, um, you can, for me anyway. I mean, it, it really shows the writers ha- uh, with their you know, uh, a wide range of ability to be able to. Yeah, they, yeah, they do crank out these badass issues where you know the story is great and you know uh, the villains a badass, you know a, a cool twist. But then to be able to write an issue like this one, where yeah, there's no fighting, well except for the demolition team. But even that was funny to to read. You know, these people that are trying to. You know, you're trying to uh, headbutt Superman. Come on. Oh, but then yeah, there, there's, there's one moment uh, I need to uh, nitpick there. When uh, Homeboy with the steamroller ran over Superman by just driving up behind him and running him over, like, okay, super hearing. And this guy just <laughs> drives up behind him with a steamroller and runs him down. Mm-mm. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Suspect. We'll, we'll 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 get a tweet out there questioning that immediately. But um, you know what I noticed too in the, in the first opening fight when the dude tries to headbutt <laughs> Superman and like his helmet crumbles. It looks like his fucking entire head yeah. crumbles too. Like that guy's head got that, crushed, right? That, like, that guy's well, dead. He, right? he may not. He may have survived. Now he's living in a hospital and he's going to get to go on the next field trip to the Watchtower. <laughs> well, and Superman's kind of joking about. It. He's like, "That's yeah. got to hurt." <laughs> well, disability, and the guy's like, ah, and he just yeah. the 
Motherfucker, that dude's that dude's hemorrhaging in his head and his skull right now. His meninges are filling with blood as we speak. Man. So, but yeah, it was a cool issue. Le- uh, great issue. And but, again, uh, damn, dude, another. Yeah, and again, awesome the, the artist, I mean, um, just kind of gives it that lighter tone than the colors. I mean, nothing's dark. It's you know, kind of yeah. uplifting mood. It was uh, it was definitely art that translated well for yeah. what the issue was because uh, you know I don't know uh, who's the artist on this one. Uh, Kitson. Yeah, I don't know what I've seen, uh, if I've ever seen him do anything else, but um, it, it wasn't like an action-packed issue where, like, you you know, like a like Kirkham would probably draw, like, all these splash pages and all this other yeah, kind of stuff. Some people would have been bleeding. What, what, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what made the, the issue kind of, like, what, what the art stuck to, which kind of made it fit, was it uh, did a good job of kind of, like, displaying, like, the heartwarming moments and the kind of cool moments, and there's a really cool... Uh, page where it's the just when the kids are look watching or they're seeing the Justice League for the first time all lined up in front of them in the watchtower. Um, it um, that picture like that page looks like it can be on the side like of a lunchbox or like a poster like in a cafeteria saying like the Justice League tells you to drink your yeah. milk like, <laughs> like a like a like a motivational it's like cat that. poster. <laughs> Hang in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it just kind of felt like that issue. This issue is like something that like. You take to like a fucking like hospital or like a daycare and you leave it there and the kids will you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this is the kind of like issue that you take to like kids and let them read it and it's what like comics you know are kind of meant to do, which is kind of like inspire and yeah. stuff like that. So, but yeah, we started out with um, some uh, bad cat controversy and ended with some heartwarming Superman feels. Uh, I really am dying to just hear the internet fucking go nuts on it, that, it's, man. It's yeah. going to be so bad, because we're, what, it started yesterday, so that's five, five days before the issue comes out. <laughs> there was already yeah, they're dying. a shitstorm happening on Twitter. <laughs> and I guess um, ble- Bleeding Cool, I think it's Bleeding Cool, uh, already put out uh, previews. For the issue, so they've got a hookup with DC because um, every every other media outlet is told to not post anything until um, Tuesday, I believe. Essentially, when they dump it into our, um, yeah, when they give it to us, when when they, when they give us the preview pages, that's when we're allowed to post it. So Bleeding Cool has got a little bit of a hookup with DC Comics where they get theirs I'll before anybody else. But get Scott uh, Snyder on do, the phone, our our best friend, and see what can be done yeah. about it. Yeah, we we, we got yeah. we got to write this wrong. We got to write this wrong. But uh, at least, at the very least, you know, it uh, says that whatever uh, Bleeding Cool has put up is fair game now. So we You're can right. post that stuff, too. Um, which is what we'll do. I'll, we'll go and check out the Bleeding Cool thing and see what they got up, and we'll put those same pages. Um, which will look cleaner, might I add, than what cool. they have up there. And kind of kind of see, we'll see the, the, the call, or the, the, uh, <laughs> the cries or the cheers after we post some of that stuff. Uh, and hear what the uh, people are saying on the internet. So, but uh, again, I'm really hoping that whoever's listening to this, like we said, give us your reactions. We want to read them online, or read them out loud rather. And um, we'll see if maybe we can at least get like one or two members of the Cat Force on short notice to to give us their thoughts on it. Um, more so than anything, just give them a hard time, really. Um, 
Naj probably won't want it. She's like, I don't even want to fucking hear you guys talk about it. No way I'm coming on. But uh, anything else, boys? I think that's about, that's about it. All right, and then we got next week uh, probably Action Detective. Uh, dude, I love this twice a month that we're getting now. It's just like, especially with the quality of the books that we're getting, yeah. it's just so good. So are we getting a medal next week? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right, I can wait. See, I don't want yeah. metal to end, so well, I'm cool waiting um, on metal. I, like what you were saying, Tom, um, at first when I heard that they were going to do, you know, a lot of the books are going to be twice a month. I, of course, and it's cool, but I'm, in the back of my mind I was thinking, okay, well, aren't they, won't they run out of ideas or won't the, the issues catch up to the artists and writers? Like, but as yeah. we talked to our good yeah, friend we, we, David Finch uh, when Rebirth first started, um, I think they were, when Rebirth issue one came out, I think he said they were already on like issue six or seven. Yeah, they were already on to like the second half of that arc or the second yeah. arc, however you want to look at it. We, I think the big fear was, number one, um, you're breaking up things that were working from what we thought at the time. You know, there's things that we loved about the New 52 um, that we were, you know, oh my God, you know, okay, well, I think to a certain extent, some of us maybe were ready for a change on Batman because um, Scott was already doing uh, All-Star, or he was getting ready to do All-Star, rather, and uh, we were kind of excited to see him continue doing that. We also were really excited to see who was going to come on to Batman, writing and doing doing uh, the art. Um, but you're right, like, we got Batman Eternal, then we got Batman and Robin Eternal, and we saw that even though the story was okay, like, parts of that suffered for being a weekly and it was no fault of probably anyone but publishing to kind of pump out something so 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 uh yeah. often um and burn out you know talent uh and that's what we were worried about is like well batman twice a week that could either be really good or like not as good as what we're getting um but so, damn where we are now dude like <sighs> yeah I mean, like they're the, killing it not just Batman. I mean, like detective yeah. and uh, and it's in the it's in the got... sales too. Uh, if you look at the uh, the most recent uh, chart, is the uh, December top ten, and uh, Batman Dude. has number four and five in there. The only things above it were Doomsday Clock and Metal, and then uh, Marvel's uh, best performing book was uh, number one of the new uh, uh, Phoenix book. And uh, a yeah. Hawkman book <laughs> made it into the top ten. Yeah. What? White Knight issue three sitting at number six. It's huge. Right. And uh, actually, Sean Murphy tweeted about that too, uh, saying that something is wrong with the industry when his, you know, when White Knight did this, not even in continuity, you know, Elseworlds Batman yeah. miniseries is outselling Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, that's got to be nutty. Well, I mean, dude, it just goes to show how good that book is. And word of mouth, too, because um, it's not, like you said, it's not canon. It's not con current continuity. It's pretty much his own universe. It's, yeah. It is his own universe. He's influenced by some other things, but it is literally his and own Murphy universe he's creating. And also, um, um, people, I think some people are a little, I think they might be a little gun shy of one guy doing the writing and the same guy doing the art. Because 
in the pen, you know, we, we've seen some success. We've seen some, you know, kind of failures at a writer who is also an artist doing, you know, both. Double, Double duty. duty. Yeah. Well, sometimes three, four duties because, you know, they're writing and then they're wanting to draw and ink yeah. and color, you know, sometimes. So, um, but Murphy, man, I think what's what he I, it, this is like a story that he's had on the back burner for so long that he's been wanting to do that he probably made sure he did it the right way um, when they finally let him do it. And they're obviously letting him do what he wants, considering what he's doing to some of these characters that should not be pushing a book to do as well as it's doing. Um, because he's basically making Batman a yeah. villain in this story. And Batman's kind of barely in it. <laughs> you know, it's not really a Batman yeah, uh, book, uh, aside from him. Yeah, being a lot of the title. a lot of the focus so far has been on uh, Jack building his plan. And, but right. I think in the in the second half, you know, we we know how it's going to end. You know, we we know that Jack isn't going to succeed in the end. So uh, I'm sure uh, we're going into the second half of the series now. So I, I fully idea. expect that we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Everything come back around. What's great too is is uh, now you know on on Twitter he's been responding to people saying like hey man what about volume two they're going to be volume two and uh, you know he's saying like well you know we never expected the sales to be this good so it would be really stupid to not order a volume two of this story. Um, I, you can oh, almost guarantee sure. there's going to be more of this. Hopefully down well, the line, yeah. Um, I'm saying yeah. They, they've shown um, like you know the story's mostly about the this guy Napier and um, the, he kind of threw in this other twist about two Harleys. Well, he like, if you want to, <laughs> he righted a wrong almost for a lot of people in that sense with the two Harley situation. And I, I think uh, like that was such an awesome idea yeah. by him because I think he is kind of a Harley purist at heart. I think that's kind of why he did it. Um, I don't think he liked seeing the direction that Harley Quinn was going. So rather than like killing off or he, he probably sat and thought, what's the best way of doing this? And he came up with a really cool way of keeping both, but bringing back the original uh, while still building up the, you know, kind of new 52 slash Suicide Squad filmish Harley, who I, I, I find super interesting, too. Like, I really like that character, yeah. the Neo Joker. So much so that I wouldn't mind seeing her pop up more and maybe like figures uh, and stuff like that. Well, and, Bad Force um, Times was doing backflips when he saw that. And uh, <laughs> Murphy's Universe has such uh, an animated series feel as like the basis of his universe uh, that it's not surprising that he addressed uh, how far Harley has come from her origins on the animated series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really cool uh, universe that he's uh, playing with over there, and uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a good time to be a DC Comics reader. Just pff, so much stuff going right that um, other publishers obviously are trying to emulate, um, and it's not you know it's not really working so much. It did it did initially like Marvel now did all right, and then I don't know what happened. They just they started, you know, making tons of money off of uh, movies, and they just wanted to make that the focus, including in the books. And that's where they got, that's where they lost me, and that's where I 
still haven't re- I've tried. I've tried to go back. I've tried to read and and get into it, but I just can't. We just they can't fucking stay on the course, man. Well, it's like they're, they're making Christ. some changes now. They took uh, Axel Alonso out at the top, and they put uh, CB Sobolski in there, and they've even made a mm. huge change uh, in my eyes for. Ten years or more, uh, Dan Slott has been writing Amazing Spider-Man, and he's uh, yeah, he's now going into crazy. his final arc on the book. Now, hopefully, from a Marvel standpoint, uh, he's leaving the book just to do something else and bring someone fresh onto Spider-Man, rather than he's leaving Spider-Man because he's crossing over to DC now. Oh, wow! And then like. Uh... Batman will, like, the Joker will infect Batman's mind, but still, like, actually, that would be that. Wait a minute. Patent pending. <laughs> well, now you got a point. Yeah. Get him on board. <laughs> Write up a contract. Dan, welcome. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's interesting, because, you know, DC has been headhunting Marvel talent uh, for a while now, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. Um I don't. I I didn't mind Dan Slott um, for like most of his run when he did started doing Superior. I kind of liked it, but now that I hold it up to the rest of his run, I don't like it nearly as much as the other stuff he was doing. Um, I I liked what he did with Peter Parker though because he was the dude that finally was like, no, like this is stupid. Like Peter Parker is not going to be in high school forever. He's really fucking smart, and if you're really intelligent and smart and driven and passionate like Peter Parker is, you'll find a way to, like, get at the top of your game and make money. So he turned him into a kind of, like, a tech whiz that was working for, like, this tech company, and he was making a shit ton of money. And, he and then didn't the he uh, start at the uh, same time, uh, Parker Industries or something at some point? Yeah, he did. He, I mean, he was, like, uh, he almost made him kind of, like, um, what's the dude that runs uh, Facebook? Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, he kind of made him like almost like a Mark Zuckerberg where like he was he was this young, flashy like um tech dude that was making a shit ton of money and at the same time he was using all his resources at this tech company to <coughs> make like Spider-Man Peter, tech. Peter Spiderman. And um Peter Spiderman, yeah, attorney at law. <laughs> and uh so I like that about the like he made Spider-Man grow up to be, you know, cool and um more of like this like solidified and uh uh consistent hero um and in the end he fucks himself over obviously but like super, like Spider-Man <laughs> always does but i thought that that was those things i really liked about what Dan Slott was doing but i mean somebody writing the same uh book for 10 years whoa yeah that's a long run that's tough yeah like tv shows don't make it longer than that because they just run out of steam you know and the writers they get switched out and they still run out of ideas. So it's got to be tough to keep uh, people uh, intrigued after that long of a time. But, um, yeah, we'll see what he does next. And, uh, all right, that's enough of Marvel talk. Holy shit. This has been the, this has been the Marvel force, but, uh, yeah, we will see, uh, we'll see how the bad cat, uh, erupts on Twitter later. And, uh, we will return. Uh, the next episode's probably going to be our Batman forever, um, apologist <laughs> episode, not apologist so much as we are Batman Forever, um, 
what is the word for it? Um, oh man, I'm trying to think. <sighs> Whatever, there's a word for it. But uh, yeah, we like Batman Forever on here, so we're probably going to talk uh, at length about what's cool about that movie. Actually, I don't know what copies you guys have, but uh, there's some special features on there that show like deleted scenes and uh, different plot points that they took out that were kind of really big. Um, yeah, like there's one there's one deleted scene where uh, Bruce Wayne like goes into the Batcave and he sees like a giant bat, and it looks really stupid because uh, there's no like they didn't edit any music into it. They did, it's literally just a silent scene of Val Kilmer like facing off with this gigantic puppet bat, <laughs> and so it looks it looks really really silly because they like they move the camera all around them and it's just literally him like face to face and like having a staring contest with his giant bat. There's no music or nothing, no transitions, no effects. Um, but now that I think of it, like considering the stuff that's happening in the comics, like that's almost kind of like um, what Snyder's kind of doing with like making, you know, uh, the origins of Batman into kind of like this crazier, um, otherworldly, like concept of like Barbados, yeah. you know, and always being there to kind of guide Bruce in a sense. So yeah. So Batman forever has layers, man. It's not as bad as people say. But we'll get to that on uh, Thursday. But, um, yeah, so uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys later. Thank you.